to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. What just happened. So uh, I was on Twitter and I just retweeted the <laughs> the link to the show so that way people could see it, the live show. And I was saying, come yeah. hang, and it changed it to Coke Bang. I'll do that here. Nope. Come hang. Um, yeah. My name is Jordan. He's Logan. Uh, how are you today, Logan? Oh, uh, we are, we're lucky, Jordan. We're fortunate here. Um, the hurricane missed us completely. Um, and is going further north. Um, is it already so passed? So I thought good. it was like, it's coming. Oh, okay. Uh, we're going to get some, uh, some rain and, and, uh, gust, um, uh, but not too, not anything too abnormal. It's pretty much a normal storm here, uh, 20 mile per hour winds here, but I know it's getting ready to rattle, uh, the panhandle. So I guess thinking about everybody there, that's uh, an MLS fan or listen to the podcast. So those things are always tough, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're doing good. Um, it's cloudy. I, I guess the one benefit of it is it's going to make for uh, the, the weather after a hurricane is oddly and eerily quiet and cool out. And it, it's a very odd, uh, it's just strange. If you've experienced it, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So but how you doing, Jordan? How's everything going? Doing good. I, uh, I, I mean, it's been a whirlwind of a week here. Uh, <laughs> I can't even tell you what's happened. But I am, <laughs> I'm glad to be back. We have some, some big news that's been happening in the league uh, that we'll be covering as well. Plus, uh, we have games coming up tomorrow, Wednesday, which might be the day people are listening to this, and they've already put out a. Who can clinch the playoffs? We'll go over who can clinch a playoff spot Wednesday night. Hint, it's not many teams. Uh, so, because we're still like a, quite a few games out. Uh, we do know that there's going to be probably Messi and some of those other players missing some time due to the international dates coming up as well. And Tata Martino was also saying that MLS is looking at maybe not playing through those international windows. So we'll kind of get our thoughts on uh, if we think that's a good idea or, uh, you know, how they can make it work because the schedule is kind of congested as it is, especially with the League's Cup now in every summer. We had the U.S. Open Cup semifinals. We know who the two finalists are. Those are Inter-Miami and Houston Dynamo. So we'll be talking a little bit about that. And then MLS action was back in full force over the weekend for the second week in a row. And uh, we'll take a look at how the table has shifted and maybe who should be on the hot seat next. And uh, some playoff format changes, maybe. Uh, They just put out this thing today. uh, No, sorry, last week about the playoff format after we recorded. Uh, So... Uh, just going to see if there's any big differences we notice on there. Uh, yeah, so we can, uh, where, where do we want to start out here? Open Cup or uh, a coaching hire by Toronto as they've now replaced Bob Bradley? Uh, or, you know, some of these little items. What, what, what would you rather do first? 
That's a lot to pick from. An interactive um, show, Logan. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you're in that... No, I'm kidding. Um, but I would say, I guess we can talk... Like, did you want to go into talking about Tata and, and the... Uh, we can, yeah. Work? So this was okay. something I saw tweeted out. I don't see it on actual, like, any of the... Uh, news articles here on the uh, MLS site, but I have seen a few people talking about it. Uh, it looks like Tata Martino was doing some, I don't know, uh, pre-game pressers because of the games coming up this week. And uh, they were saying, you know, uh, MLS may not be playing through some transfer, I mean, not transfer windows, the, uh, international windows so this was from franco pinzino uh panizo who it covers inner miami and he uh put out this video here where tata his quote here is tata dropped a bit of a news bomb regarding mls not playing through fifa's international fixture dates tata said i haven't understood that they are analyzing that for next year and it is probable that it will happen um, I'm assuming what he means happen is not playing through them and not we will be playing through them. It's kind of worded a little odd, but this is something that, you know, uh, can affect a, a team, right? Like um, if we just even look at LAFC and Philadelphia last year, you know, they finished very close, just like what a point or two off of the supporter shield, Philadelphia did, and that changed who hosted the game. And I'm not saying it has to do with international teams. It could because Blake was away on international duty, right? And he was this year, and they kind of struggled at times when he's gone. But when you're playing without your best players, I mean, you have a team like Miami now that has all these stars, or you have uh, any team that's getting these call-ups, and you're losing a core part of your team, and the squads are not deep enough as it is already, it can definitely change the outcome of something like a supporter shield or hosting rights in a playoff game. Now, of course, you know, 34 games a season or whatever, you're thinking that's just to get in the playoffs. And then from there, you know, we can win it all. But again, it could come down to who's hosting. It could come down to who's, you know, hoisting the supporter shield at the end of the season. And if I'm a, team i don't know if i want to play without my best players yeah and i think too the 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 one thing that um with this league more so than any they're impacted by the weird schedule that concacaf gets on um like if you if you remember that they, they'll play in the summer or they'll play um some of these international competitions and european teams are still playing um, so the European players don't come over to play on the U.S. men's national team. Um, you also have uh, MLS players that are on the U.S. men's national team that'll play. And then in other windows, so like the international windows, they don't all align. I will say MLS would be um, joining everybody else, I think, of the big leagues where they stop completely. Um, for international play so yeah really i think like it's always the second tiers that don't like uh the yeah. championship usually plays through and stuff right so um i think in that sense it helps um especially because you're going to have players who um you know especially like i guess i mean look at inter miami uh and then i had a, i guess i have a kind of a question that branches off of that do you do you think I mean, I know teams won't do it because obviously they want to win as many games in the, you know, the windows leading up to World Cup. But it's so weird to me that in international play, they don't typically retire. And then maybe two years into the international win or, you know, two years into um, the lead up into World Cup, like Messi might be like, yeah, no, I'm not playing anymore um, in international play. And it's like, it's, I don't know, it's so strange to me just because it's like you start a new cycle. And you're playing with players that aren't even going to be on the World Cup roster. Well, and I know yeah, that happens. Some, you know, players, play of- some players will definitely um, hang it up right after a tournament. We're seeing it with Megan Rapino, who's retiring at the end of this World Cup that just happened, but she's going to play like a farewell game. 
Um, but I think the way Messi has been, I mean, he did retire the, the, the national team and came back. Um, because you know, he, he, he was, I don't know if he was just using it as threats to get his way in Argentina or something, but like, that was something he did, uh, especially that was like Copa America 2016. Uh, but I think from what he said too, he's he's not even thinking of retiring right now. And when you look at the way he's performing and playing anyway, I mean, look, he he was one of the best players at the World Cup and uh, he, at his age, you know. So I think for him, he's probably thinking he could play in twenty twenty six. I wouldn't put it past him, but I think if he gets through this cycle and it's noticeable that he's not playing up to his standard, then maybe he will retire or just become a bench player even uh at that point um but yeah i think he said he's not even really thought about retiring at, from football totally and uh he's just having fun he had this quote like how he just really wanted to get back to having fun with football and uh he wasn't really experiencing that at psg and he is here so sounds like he's really enjoying it he looks happy on the field and you know, uh, winning helps, right? Like when you're winning, it, it does help. But I mean, they were winning at Paris and, and it still wasn't, you know, uh, super fun for him. But I think part of that is the egos that happen to be at Paris. Of which only Mbappe is left now. His name are, has left as well. Um, but no, I think it's good if we can somehow find a way to not play in the international windows. And it's all about now trying to figure out how do you do that and still fit in the season? Well, one way you could do it is you could shorten the games to maybe 32 instead of 34. But what you could also do is just lessen the amount of teams that get in the playoffs. Then you have less playoffs you have to do, and the season can end earlier. Um, uh, or it can end at the same time. You can, you know what I'm saying, you could have those weeks off that you, you know, as you eliminate playoff rounds or whatever, you can limit some of that to get in there. Um, you could also maybe, if you want it to, schedule games for teams that get knocked out of League's Cup. I don't know how that would work, really, uh, but something you could do. Regardless, I think they'll look into it. I don't know if it's going to happen next year, but I think they want it to happen next year because you know who the draw is to watch MLS season pass? Messi, you know, who's still getting called up by his team, Messi. So I think they might try to figure it out. So that way you're not tuning in to watch inner Miami without Messi on the field. I really think that's what they'll, what they'll do. I assume he's not going to play uh, in the next set of games here because uh, they went extra time in this open cup match and went to penalties again. And they were, you know, it, it's just how, how often they were playing to penalties in, the league's up now of course they didn't have extra time in that but still it was a lot of games and uh you know i i see them probably giving him a rest soon i don't think they can continue to trot him out there every game but he might come in at like half or or something like that uh we also have inner miami let's stick with them right now they've began construction on monday on miami freedom park which is going to be the house that messi built right uh so 2025 is when this stadium is supposed to open and that is the last year of his contract right now so if he doesn't extend that he, you know he would play in this stadium uh so that's that's pretty cool uh that he would be able to play in the stadium, 25,000 seat stadium, 58 acres, public park and an entertainment district, which is scheduled to open in 2025. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the concept art looks great and hot. Extremely warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I think, Oh, the amount of money though, the investment, um, I wonder, Jordan, if they, they went in and went, you know, let's let's start thinking expansion on <laughs> the stadium we haven't quite built yet. <laughs> um, just because, uh, like, I imagine that they'd be able to fit so many more people in there if Messi's there. Like, I, I just, I don't know. It would be interesting just because it would be on the tail end of his time. But I don't know. It, it, if he's playing a year or two more after that, 
I, I could see them being like, you know, let's build a bigger state. And I, and I think eventually that does come right. I think, you know, not soon, but it, it is funny that they've all built these new stadiums and, um, I could see in the next 20 years teams going, man, we just don't have enough room, uh, to fit some of these, uh, fans in cause our, uh, our league's grown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the prices are going to be insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's stick with Miami again here. They've got an update yesterday here on when they will be facing off against Charlotte, which was originally scheduled for August 20th, but because they reached the league's cup final four, they had to move that game. It's being rescheduled for October 18th at 8 p.m. Uh, and then decision day is October 21st, which is when they will play Charlotte FC again. So they're going to play Charlotte FC on the 18th and 21st, which could be interesting because, uh, you know, Miami, as we know, is near the bottom of the table. They are the bottom. Uh, no, they're not. Toronto is. Sorry. See, they're already rising up. Miami is 14th. Charlotte is 12th with eight points between them. They play each other twice. That's actually a 12-point swing because it, when you play each other once, it's a six-point swing because you're getting three points that your opponent is not. And uh, playing each other back-to-back at the end of October when you're trying to make the playoffs, that might give them a chance here. Um We'll see, though. Uh, we'll see. I mean, because it's not like Charlotte's in a playoff spot, but they're only three points out of a playoff shot, a spot, Charlotte. So uh, we'll see if those last two games even mean anything for Miami or Charlotte as we get closer to it. I can't believe it. The, the season is over in less than two months until we go to the playoffs. It's happening quickly. Yeah. I do wonder. I, I, I'm worried, too, just because... I mean, something's going to have to give, right? Like, they're going to either have to start playing in February. They did. They did. Well, beginning of February. February 1st, kickoff. That'd be great, right? In places like Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> uh, or play in December. Like, they're going to... Oh, man. I'm interested because they're going to add more teams to this. MLS league. Cup it's, is already in coming. December. Like, like, they're running out of That's months true. to put stuff. Right. Uh, Are we? What they'll have to do is they'll have to cut the games down from 34 at some point to 30 or 32. Right. So there's thir- there's 29 teams in the league. Mm-hmm. It's the biggest league in the world. Yep. And DC, by the way, is not playing decision day. They're the ones sitting out. So they'll kind of know exactly where they sit looking into That's wild day. to me. Could you imagine being that team? Oh, that would be awful. Because they could be a team, Jordan, on, like, on, they the could. Yep. on that nine spot. Yep. They'd be like, Oh dear. They are currently in 10th with 30 points. Yeah. They're two points back of Chicago. Uh, so they can, you know, in the next two months or whatever, when they have how many more games do they have here? Uh, they've played 26. So they have eight games left. And they'll play all of those before decision day. And they'll know at that point if they're in a playoff spot. Like they'll know if they're out of a playoff spot then they may not be watching any game, right? But if they're yeah. in a playoff spot, they're going to be watching all of those bottom teams and being like, let's see what happens. Imagine if Miami and Messi are the ones that take that last spot and push DC out of it on a decision day where DC is not even playing. And, uh, okay. Let's take a look at some transfers that have happened. New England have officially transferred Petrovic to Chelsea FC. I know that was happening while we were kind of like on here. It was kind of hinted at. It wasn't official. $17.5 million fee after they paid like $1 million the year before. That's insane. That's a good flip. Maybe Chelsea should have been scouting where the Revs were scouting. Um, yeah, so he's out. And to replace him then, they go out and get uh, Tomas Vaklik, uh, which is uh, who is coming over from uh, uh, where is he coming from? I have his, I have the crest here, but I'm trying to read what it is. Okay. So he was at FC Bas- Basel for a bit. Um, and he's been at Sparta Prague, Sevilla, Olympiacos. Yeah. 
So uh, he's coming from Huddersfield, though. I knew it looked like an English crest. I was like, why is it taking me forever to find out where this is? Uh, he's kind of on the older end, though, like 30-something. So I'm thinking he's going to be more of a stopgap while they try to find their next Petrovic. Sounds Croatian. Think. Uh, he may have been. I, I exited out of it, so I'm not sure. <laughs> How dare you? Maxime Cheneau, by the way, has left NYCFC, and he's joining French League Two side AJ Ajaccio. I know that's probably not how you say it in French, but that's how I'm saying it. (laughs) America, right? Freedom fries. Okay. (laughs) We should have a whole episode of us trying to (laughs) pronounce names. names. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay. uh, So... We have some games coming up here. Before we get to that, let's let's take a look at those Open Cup games. Cincinnati and Miami and Houston and Salt Lake. So Cincinnati came out to a lead here 2-0 in the 18th minute by Luciano Acosta and then by Brandon Vasquez in the 53rd minute. Vibes are high at uh, TQL, which is where this game was hosted. And then... Uh-oh, Leo Capania, uh, with an assist from Messi, scores in the 68th minute, and you're like, yeah, maybe they left it a little too late. Well, they wanted to leave it even later. 90th plus 7, Capania again with another assist from Leo Messi to make it 2-2, and really with like the last kick of the game here, to send it to extra time where Joseph Martinez scores in the 93rd minute, assisted by Kermashi. And you're like, wow, they're really going to do it. But there's a great goal by Kubo, who scores in the 114th minute to make it 3-3. And we go to penalties, where uh, Kubo steps up and scores, Messi steps up and scores, All of Miami makes theirs, and it gets to the fifth kicker for Cincinnati, Hagland, who misses the penalty, and Kermashi makes his. And Messi's going to another final just a month and a half into his tenure here at Inter-Miami. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, it it really is. Um, especially these deep tournaments. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, obviously, he wasn't here for the whole run of U.S. Open, but um, but I think I don't know. It, it just it's impressive to me. And and in games too, Jordan, that he comes in and and half the time he's he's coming in late, um, coming in the second half where he's had effect. Um, he comes up with just it's like a miracle man, um, and we don't. I would say the the closest thing that this league's ever had to him was Zlatan. Um, so you know, it, it, where whenever he touches the ball, magic happens. Wayne Rooney was was pretty magical in what he did too, but never to the magnitude. I mean, it, the the stats are uh, astonishing. Um, I think in any league, it would grab attention. Obviously, people are going to still continue to bash MLS for. Um, not being as competitive, but he's also done it against Liga Mekis teams. Yeah. Um, he's, he's done, done it, it in, different in La Liga countries. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Like he's gone on these stretches and people can look it up. He's gone on stretches where he's had nine goals and six assists and to, you know, eight games. He's done things like that. Like this is just not, it's not unheard of. And I think people, I mean, be, we're talking be honest, about right? the best player like, in the world, maybe right. ever. Right. I mean, like, yeah. At certain times, it's not an indictment on the league. You know, sometimes it's just he's that good. But we've talked about this before, right? Um, As he's in in La Liga, right? It's him versus Ronaldo. And if you weren't like a La Liga fan, even if you're in Europe, you weren't turning on La Liga. You're a Premier League loyal and faithful, and that's who you put all it. So you weren't turning on. Like, you can say it all you want, like... I watch European soccer. I don't always turn on the, the best player in the world. Um, and especially when he went to, when he went to PSG, you weren't turning those games on um, because nobody could. <laughs> yeah. Nobody so had B in sport. It, yeah. They weren't right, turning. Nobody, on. nobody does. So we've talked about this before, right? Um, we can beat that drum over and over again. And P- 
people will continue to, to say that about MLS, but I think what people don't realize is that, you know, people like the Sounders go and play and, and uh, that, what, what was it? What's that tournament called where they go when they win Champions Club League? World it's Cup. the Super Club World Cup. Thank you. To play in that and be competitive also um, and in a preseason type form. Um, again, I, I think people just want to put down MLS because they know what MLS could become. Uh, and, you know, they're going to say those American snobs. But if you look around at the different countries and sports that we have in common. So, for instance, basketball, baseball, uh, hockey, like our leagues are bigger than all of theirs. And I think that's kind of where we are in the soccer world right now. They're, they're afraid of what MLS could become uh, and the money that could go into it. And now you have all these stars turning their heads saying, hey, that, you know, it's either Saudi or the U.S. Um, it's no longer, hey, let's just go play in the Premier League. Like all these guys could still play in the Premier League. Messi could easily play for any Premier League team. Neymar could play for any, you know, Busquets could play for a Premier League team. Like these guys could still play in that league. So, again, I, it's fascinating to me when people are like foo-foo on it because, you know, yes, the talent's not there yet. No, we are not uh, a full league of, of just really good players yet. But I think we're getting there. And I think this is ultimately that gap that we're kind of filling in. And Messi doing this and taking teams into the finals, like through in his sleep, it's just amazing to me. All right. Uh, let's get into, I think, uh, but before we, I guess real quick, Houston beat RSL uh, 3-1. Wasn't much. I mean, okay. Herrera scores 45 plus five. It gets tied up in the 64th minute by, uh, by Julio uh, to make it a 1-1 game. We go extra time, and it quickly in 105 minute here, uh, which is right at like what the halftime of extra time. Houston scores again, and then we get a red card by Vera in the 119th, and then in the 120 plus five, Houston puts it away to make it a 3-1 victory. RSL only had 32 percent possession. They had 11 shots to Houston's 30. Houston had 10 shots on goal to RSL's two. I mean, RSL's like, what, third place in the West, or they were, they're fourth now. Houston is fifth, so there wasn't a lot between these two, but Houston has been looking, like I said last week, like pretty darn good in this season, and they have a shot to maybe be the first team to beat Miami. Now, of course, Miami might lose between the final. The final's not until, like, end of September. Uh, So we have some time. But, uh, yeah, pretty interesting. I think Houston is one of those teams that I could maybe just see them have, like, a random win against Miami in an Open Cup final. But uh, I don't think it'll be, like, easy for Miami. Like I said, I think Houston's actually pretty decent this year, and they've kind of been a surprise team for me. Uh, You know, we didn't know how much Ben Olsen would move the needle, but – you know, he's come in, he's made some changes to the team and they look pretty darn good, which means next year they won't because that was kind of his thing at DC. They were like good one year, bad the next good the next year. Uh, Real quick though, let's uh, talk about this debate that's been happening. I don't know if you saw this at all, Logan on the old Twitter, but uh a U.S. player, Noah Lyles, who's playing for the USA basketball team in the FIBA World Cup, uh, threw some shade at the NBA's championship where they call it, you know, world champions. He said, I love the U.S., but that ain't the world, right? And that's kind of something we've maybe talked about before, right? Uh, but all these NBA players really took offense to this saying the NBA is the best league in the world. That's why the champs are world champs. Me personally, I think it's weird that we do say like world series for baseball, you know, world champions for football, basketball, hockey. Like we do all that, right? Like every single sport here, we call them world champs. And I know people, I know people that are soccer fans that say, that's perfectly fine 
because MLS is not the best. So that's why MLS doesn't use that term. But I have a problem with this, Logan. I do have a problem with us claiming world champions when we've only faced, you know, other American teams. A lot of people's excuses, well, the best players are playing here. So, you know, it's to the people of the world, right? Like, uh, Dirk Nowitzki, right? Like, uh, you know, all, all these players that have come over from other countries to play uh, here, right? Uh, Jokic now, you know, like all the all the new players that come over from Europe for the NBA. But we still don't see this in soccer. Uh, the best players in the world play in the Champions League. And when they win the Champions League, they score call themselves champions of Europe. They never claim to be world champs, even though the best players play there. Messi's not a European, right? Uh, but he is still crowned as a European champion because they won the, the Champions League. So in my opinion, some people take this as a slight of, well, because I, I saw a lot of arguments, Logan saying, well, and I got back and forth with some guy about it, but you know, they were like, well, do you mean to tell me the Denver Nuggets wouldn't just steamroll a European basketball team? And I said, no, they would. They absolutely would. But that's not what the argument is for me. The argument is the name. We're calling them world champions. They didn't win a world championship. Uh, there is actually a FIBA basketball club world cup. The top European leagues don't send their team there and the top you know nba only sends g league teams there so in my opinion if you want to be the world champion you have to play in a world championship and not just nba championship which by the way nba stands for national basketball association not world basketball association so your thoughts logan on what it takes to be a world champion in sports I mean, my world champion, Chicago Cubs of 26. No, I'm kidding. Um, I do think it is weird that we call it that. Uh, I've never agreed much with it. Yeah, like, of course, uh, the argument's going to be made. Like, well, yeah, but every single one of the U.S. teams would probably beat the hell out of uh, this team in England or this team in Spain or China or South Korea. Like, yeah, like in a, in a seven-game series, our team would win. That, that, But that's not the argument. It's, it's a very... America first mindset, um, which I don't agree with in sports. Cause you know, you're, you're, you're the league's champion. Why do you need to be the world champion? Like none of that cares. Like you're not, you know, you're not parading in Asia. <laughs> like it's not, it's not part of the, the championship. So yeah, no, I agree with you. That, that is a weird, but I could see what people mean. Like I could see where people are coming from and the fact that they think, well, the U.S. would just dominate because they dominate in most sports. But it, that's not the real argument. The real argument is we shouldn't be calling ourselves world champions unless you're a world champion. Now, soccer, I think, is one of those sports where you could determine a world champion because you could determine that all the teams and you could collect all the teams from all the federations um, or sorry, the leagues, um, and you could play them in a like a club World Cup, which they do. And. You know, I, and that's why I wanted to also bring that up. I brought up the Club World Cup because there is a basketball, like I said. But, like I said, NBA doesn't send their team. Neither does FIBA, really. But we do have a Club World Cup in soccer. And while people would say, well, the NBA team would win the Club World Cup every single time. You know who's won 15 out of 18 Club World Cups? UEFA. The UEFA champion has won 15 out of the 18 club world cups, but they still send their main team. Now, of course they might also play their youth players at times or, you know, give a break to a player, right? It's not always going to be like, you know, Messi starting the game for Barcelona in a club world cup final. Right. But what my point with that is, was they don't, they still don't call themselves world champions until they actually win that club world cup. Um, and then you have the other layer of us having a world cup as well, where we have to claim world champions that way too. But I, th I think it's interesting because for some reason, 
uh, people let that get in their way of the, you know, the, the whole, well, the best players are playing here. I'm like, yeah, but the best players play over in Europe, and when they win, they still just call themselves European champions. <laughs> it's not the arrogance, right, of being like, well, we're world champions, actually. Because if we go to the Club World Cup, we'll just win anyway, right? Like, they don't they don't usually think like that. Um, all right, let's go ahead and uh, quickly look at who can clinch the playoffs this week. Logan, your guess on who can clinch the playoffs this week. Um, I mean, it's got to be one of the top two, but I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Yep, it's Cincinnati. They can clinch a berth. That's it, by the way. They can clinch yeah. a berth if they win at Atlanta or if they draw at Atlanta and New York lose and draw at New England and Chicago lose and draw versus Vancouver and Charlotte lose and draw versus Orlando. Or if New York lose slash draw at New England, Chicago lose versus Vancouver and Charlotte lose slash draw versus Orlando or New York lose draw at New England, Chicago draw versus Vancouver and Charlotte lose versus Orlando. So not many options there for clinching. Uh, let's talk about their clinching for the playoffs. Let's see if there's been any update it to the playoffs. And there has, because we're introducing a single elimination wildcard match before an enhanced round one, best of three. We talked about this in the preseason. This was part of the new layout due to having more playoff teams. The final match day of the regular season is October 21st. All clubs will play 34 games. Overall, 18 teams qualify. The top nine from the east and the top nine from the west. Seeds one through seven automatically qualify for the round one best of three. Seeds eight through nine play a one-off wild card match. Those wild card matches will be from October 25th through the 26th. The round one series, uh, sorry, yeah, the round one best of three will be October 28th through November 12th. The conference semifinals and the conference finals are through November 25th through December 3rd. And MLS Cup presented by Audi is December 9th. So not much change. I think what we really know now is we're locked into those dates. But uh, just a refresher here on on what we're playing for. Well, not me. I'm not playing. But, you know, the <laughs> Why aren't you playing, Jordan? I, didn't, I never get picked. Kind of rude. Jeez. It's, showing, it's not inclusive. <laughs> so this last weekend, Atlanta beat Nashville 4-0. Nashville doesn't usually lose by that much. They've, uh, I guess, had a little bit of wind out of their sails from the... Miami loss. Uh, Charlotte beat LAFC 2-1. Shock there. LAFC trashed Colorado 4-0 on Wednesday, though. Uh, Cincinnati beat New York City FC, and this is kind of who I was referring to of how long does Cushing have at NYCFC? They have been abysmal. Logan, they're in 13th place. A team that's historically pretty good. Won an MLS Cup, what, two years ago? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the fact that uh, when you don't invest money correctly in any aspect of the, the – what a – I mean, what a fail, right, for from City Football Group. Um, I think looking at where they finish, I can't imagine they make the playoffs. Um they, and we talked about this too. We talked about how much of a shamble their team was in. Like they they transfer all these players out and got I think two or three people in before the season started. Uh, they were having a hard time filling out a roster. Um, so I, I think again, I it, it's disappointing, right? Um, I think if you're a fan of NYCFC, the only thing you're looking forward to is the, the stadium being announced. Um, but again, to to have. To not be able to score, um, to not have a prolific goal scorer, that was a big concern that we had. Was Gabby Pereira, was he going to be enough? I don't think the answer is yes. Tati Castellanos leaves. I don't think there's much um, to really write home about, about 
many of their players. Um, I think guys like Tyler's Magno um, who could have stepped up and, and really performed um, a young kid hasn't done what he, um, I think what people thought he would be. Uh, but yeah, it, it, again, you, you look through this roster, there's some major concerns about just different holes that you have um, filling out a roster. Um, they, they're a mess. And I don't, I don't think they get out of this anytime soon. And City Football Group, again, it's the investment of money, but they're going to build the stadium, and then all of a sudden it's going to become just this place where nobody goes. (laughs) I I don't know what it is, Jordan, about these feeder teams, but, geez, these are are brutal to watch. I think they'll have people show up. I mean, the thing is, they're going to have to actually – look, once you have the stadium built, you're going to have to put money into the team again. You can't be a feeder team. You're going to have to go out and get a Messi, like a David Villa, you know, like that they used to have. Um, or otherwise, I mean, yeah, maybe nobody will show up. But I think one thing why people will show up there instead of Red Bulls is because it's actually in the city, right? Like it's going to be right next to uh, City Field uh, for the Mets. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe uh, you know, you would hope that NYCFC don't get like the Mets curse on them from being near city field where they just absolutely implode every year now. Uh, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, okay. So we didn't really talk about it much though, real quick, but Jonathan Herdman uh, is leaving Canada uh, national team for the men's. And he has been hired now at Toronto FC he's taking over on October 1st once he leaves his current post as Canadian men's national team uh so he's not even really gonna be coaching until like the last three weeks of the season I doubt much will change for Toronto who are currently in last place in the east and with Miami on the rise they would need to try to catch NYCFC because I think Miami will keep keep on moving up at this point. Um, if Toronto doesn't get their new coach until October 1st, then uh, less time for them to really get it on. This is probably more of a move for next year. But are you surprised by Herdman leaving the Canadian national team for a TFC job here? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm confused. I, I saw this one. I forgot to send this to you, but I'm assuming you'd seen it already before I was going to send it to you. But I, I saw this and I was scrolling through and man, I like the Canadian national team. I know they biffed out of the uh, world cup in flavorful fashion, but they had a really tough group. Um, I thought that they were Jordan, the best team in CONCACAF last year, like year round. Um, and honestly, I thought, I thought they were going to run away with CONCACAF. Like I thought we were just going to have to be playing for, for second place. And Mexico would have been the team that we were fighting with in Panama. So I I don't, um, I, I guess there's an allure, right. And we've talked about this multiple times with us men's national team is there are club coaches and there are international coaches and they typically don't do well at both. Um, so it'll be interesting to see he's inheriting a mess. Um, Insigne is still around, yes. Um, so it just it seems it seems like he's going to inherit a locker room that's already broken in spirit. Um, Michael Bradley, the, the the team captain, you know, his dad used to coach there too, uh, so that's awkward. Um, yeah, I just I think that he's a good coach. It'll be interesting to see if TFC TFC needs to completely tear down the team, like tell Michael Bradley, hey, it's been great. This has been fun, um, but I, I think we all move on from here. Um, you get rid of that team. You gut it completely. They're really good with some of the younger players, too. They've always had pretty good young players come through there. So uh, I think you build a team with some of your youth, and then you build um, – they've got money. They always have money. So it, it seems that – and that's an attractive city to go to for international players. So, um, yeah, I think – shocked, yes, would be an understatement. I was I was – I was bad. My mind was boggled when I saw that he had dropped out of the national team to take on this hot mess. I think it kind of makes sense though. I think he probably feels like he's taken Canada as far as he can. We also know that Canada has kind of had a tumultuous 
thing with their soccer association, right? Like they've had uh, strikes that they've kind of had with their players, right? There was like that whole issue. And then also issue with the women's team in Canada. Then there was the fact that they filed for bankruptcy and stuff. So I could totally see him being like, look, my next job is going to be at a very stable place, like an MLS club where I know I get paid and uh, maybe they're not as much infighting with the association. Right. So I, I could totally see that maybe, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do with Toronto, but I'm kind of disappointed that we're only going to see that for like three weeks and then it'll be, you know, back to the off season. Cause I don't think they're making the playoffs. So at, at that point, we won't really be able to judge it until next year, but maybe, maybe, maybe we'll do our third straight season preview where we're kind of high on TFC and be let down again. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> They're going. They might be my wooden spoon. Lock it in now. <laughs> Lock it in now. Uh, yeah, we can't do like a slam dunk Miami pick now. Yeah, can we? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. They might be it now. Like I'm just looking at the other teams. I don't know if what I could see it come from the West. I could see it come from the West. I could see uh, Colorado next year, or you know, God, the Galaxy. Galaxy could <laughs> fall off again. <laughs> Hope not. Uh, okay. Uh, then yeah. we also had Columbus beat Toronto two nil. Philly beat DC three to one. They love playing at Audi Field, Philadelphia. Montreal beat New England 1-0. Miami beat the Red Bulls 2-0. Orlando beat St. Louis 2-1. A huge win by Orlando there, I think. Uh, Especially they had the lead. I think they blew it and got it back again. Dallas beat Austin 1-0. SKC beat San Jose 3-0. 3-0 Houston over RSL. That's right. They played them in the open cup and one three one then they beat them in the league three nil uh this time at salt lake la galaxy beat chicago three nil talk about a surprise and vancouver beat portland three two as they still are moving on from geo savarisi minnesota and seattle drew one one uh so what we got coming up this week tomorrow wednesday atlanta versus cincinnati where cincinnati can win and clinch a playoff spot we kind of already know they're getting the playoffs anyway but i guess it'll be nice to just know ahead of time if you're a cincinnati fan charlotte faces off against orlando they just beat lafc and orlando just beat uh st louis so the two uh, teams that just took down the top two Western teams are going up against it. Now Miami faces Nashville in a replay of the league's cup final. That game is free on Apple TV, new England versus the other new New York, uh, seven Apple TV. That's free. Uh, NYCFC versus Montreal. That is free Toronto and Philadelphia. That's free. They're like, hey, this team sucks. You're going to watch it for free. Uh, Austin and Seattle at 8.30. Chicago and Vancouver at 8.30. Houston and Columbus at 8.30. That one is free. Uh, Minnesota, Colorado at 8.30. That's free. St. Louis and Dallas. And then at 10.30, Portland, Salt Lake. That's at 10.30. And San Jose, LA at 10.30. Logan, tell me what what is your match of the midweek here? I was gonna say, yeah, and you didn't play that scary song, so that was good. I can um, if you want. No, don't. That guy yells. <laughs> scares me. Oh man, that's I hate weeks that there's like odd games. Like there's not like a um which matchup? Uh, I guess I'll go with the easiest one of them all because there was a really good game from them a couple of weeks ago. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. It feels like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to go with Nashville and Miami. Yeah. So I think ultimately, um, and depending on, I, I mean, Messi might not be involved as much, but who knows? Um, at this point, I think Tata just plays him whenever Messi wants to, and Messi seems to want to play almost all games. So 
Um, I'm sure we'll see Messi at some point. Maybe it's a Messi Magic late, um, a midweek game. Um, but a game again. I, it, Miami's in an interesting spot. They're 23 games right uh, played, which is I think the fewest in the Eastern Conference. Yep. Yes, um, they've got room to finagle their way in. Jordan and, and you and I talked about this. They're 11 points behind Chicago. They've played two less games than Chicago. Everybody else above them has played more. Realistically, we're looking at a Miami team that could be, what, that's 27 points, math correct. They're five points down from Chicago, and things could get interesting. Um, I do think that they'll be playing for something on decision day. I think we're heading into that direction, which would be really cool because of where they sat. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then Nashville, again, they, they've lost four straight, so uh, dropping quickly in the Eastern Conference. And like you, like you said, Jordan, they're going to be playing a one-game wildcard game. You don't want to be in that eight and nine spot. That's just a, a recipe for disaster. After having what looked like was going to be a good season for Nashville, they've quickly dropped um, with four straight losses. That's just, you know, that's not good enough. And the teams ahead of them have won quite a bit. So um, there's some distance being created uh, between them and, and the teams that they're going to try to catch uh, for the top of that Eastern Conference. But right now, I mean, we're starting to really get a, a pretty good idea as to the teams and where they're going to kind of be fighting for positioning i guess if you take the the middle tier um of that you know eastern conference and and kind of that bottom tier too so but that's wild i didn't realize that looking at the standings 43 points for the union 43 points for uh new england and orlando 42 for the crew and 41 for atlanta that's some uh (laughs) that's some close positioning there yeah um it's getting pretty tight at the, at the top in the east. Uh, my pick for the uh, midweek match, anyway, I'm really really interested by Houston Columbus. I know I'm sounding like a huge Houston fan here, but Houston's been playing well. Columbus has been playing well. They're both fifth in their respective uh, uh, conference. Uh, but Columbus has 42 points compared to Houston's 35, and Columbus has scored 50 goals and only given up 33, while Houston has scored only 34 and given up 31. Uh, but I'm very interested to see how that game goes. I think it can be a pretty fun match. When I saw that on the list, I was like, ooh, that's my pick. Hopefully Logan doesn't pick that. Um, I know many people are probably screaming at their radios right now like definitely logan's is the better pick with nashville and miami rematch but we just saw that we just we just saw that uh then saturday we have nycfc in vancouver at 3 30 cincinnati orlando at 7 30 dc and chicago at 7 30 montreal columbus at 7 30 new england hosting austin at 7 30 then at 8 30 we have the following dallas and atlanta SKC St. Louis, Nashville, Charlotte. At 9.30, we have Salt Lake and Colorado. 10.30, we have LA Galaxy and Houston, San Jose, Minnesota, Seattle, and Portland. And then on Sunday, we have on FS1 and MLS Season Pass, Philadelphia Union and New York Red Bulls at 7.30, and then LAFC versus Miami at 10. What's your pick of the weekend here? You go in round oh, two for Miami here. You ask a lot of questions, Jordan. Um, <laughs> no, uh, what a good host Jordan is, huh? Um, it's really hard not to pick them again. That's um, a good game. I mean, LAFC. I but I don't want to pick them again. I just talked about them. Um, you know what? I'm going for the Seattle Port. No, I'm kidding. Um, that's going to be a great match. Gosh, it's so hard. I'll find, you know what I'll do? I'll be a homer. I'm going to pick Cincinnati and Orlando, Jordan. Um, Orlando in the thick of things uh, in the playoffs. Didn't think I'd be saying that uh, a couple months ago. Thought Orlando was dead to rights. Going to be battling for that bubble spot in the playoffs. But they've played pretty darn well for the last five. Um, they got some wins. Um, Air Chankara um, almost got shipped out, so that was exciting um, for all Orlando fans. I know we were looking forward to maybe getting some money for him because um, things – uh, haven't gone as well and don't really need to go as well because I think Duncan McGuire's uh, stepped into that role nicely. He has eight goals this year. Um, Erchan Carr has five, but uh, I thought he's played well. Ivan Angulo has looked really good for Orlando this year. I think probably the MVP for the team. Um, I think he's 
you know, he creates enough. He defends well uh, as an attacking player. Um, he just does it all. It's like a Swiss Army knife. Oscar can play him in any position. I think he'd be fine, um, which is really exciting to watch. And I love watching him in person. Facundo Torres, I think we're getting the last look at him because um, I think over uh, the summer, or sorry, not the summer, the winter, um, there's a good chance that he'll be gone. Um, so, yeah, no, I think Orlando looks good. And then, again, it's, uh, probably the best team uh, in the league, um, which I think a lot of people agree with. They look so good, can clinch a playoff spot. Um, so that's always exciting. And I want to see what Orlando can do. That's a tough competition. So we'll see how they stack up against the number one team in the East and probably heavy favorites to win MLS Cup this year. Yeah, that's a good game. I think I will probably go with LAFC Miami, but also I will throw another one here. I was going to go Union Red Bulls, but actually Union just absolutely spanked the Red Bulls every time now. So kind of not much of a rivalry currently. But I'll go ahead and say, give me SKC and St. Louis, right? Like that Missouri, uh, Kansas type uh, rivalry derby. I don't even know if they have a name for it yet. But uh, SKC's kind of been playing better, right? I mean, like if we look at the standings, they're in 11th. Uh, But I mean, at one point they were way at the bottom. They're now 10 points up on the bottom. That's how well they've been playing. They're three points out of a playoff spot SKC. Uh, So they're kind of hot and cold and St. Louis. I feel like for a team that's top of the West, they've been kind of streaky at times. Uh, I mean, look, I LAFC has choked a few games away lately or else I think LAFC would be at the top of the West. Uh, I feel like St. Louis has been stuck at 44 points for a bit here. Part of that was the month long break, but you know, I think they've been at 44 for, for quite a bit now. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they can do against a, a resurgent SKC. Uh, so I find that game pretty interesting. But I think all eyes are going to be on LAFC Miami Sunday at 10 o'clock. If you can keep them open that late, uh, for sure. <laughs> Anything else before we uh, head out? I think we covered everything. No, I think the only thing to say is Christian Pulisic continues to to yes, bash in skulls. I meant to say and that. And Yunus Musa, um, or sorry, not Yunus Musa, wrong one. Um, Balugun has signed for Monaco. Yes. Yep. Yes. So. Yeah, he was I like to Chelsea, and I was like, yeah, Thank God, I don't like that. I'm glad he didn't yeah. end up there because they were good players. You think Tyler gone. Adams didn't um, go there? He went to Bournemouth. Same. Yes. Um, so I am excited about some of the U S men's national team moves. You know, sometimes I think it's, it's more necessarily about the fit. And I think value goon, um, fits there perfectly. It's a good club. Um, it's one that's historic. Uh, I think it's not great. Um, but I, I think it's a team that definitely will compete. Um, and I think playing against good competition, obviously it's going to help him tremendously. So, um, Anytime I think players get into kind of those, like I like the Bournemouth idea. I like, like if, if a team had gone, or if one of our guys had gone to like a Brighton, like something mid-tier, um, good enough, uh, I, you know, playing, Pulisic going to uh, Milan, I think that's been great too. Um, you've seen what that's done, it's lit a spark under him. So I'm all for it. I'm all for us kind of playing those mid-tier um, with those mid-tier teams, just because you, you get stuck on that Chelsea, Man City, mm-hmm. Newcastle, Liverpool shuffle. It ends up just being, well, I guess Liverpool, I'd honestly say Liverpool would actually have been pretty good fits for some of them. But in those other teams that have 26 guys, like yeah. that's just not a good fit for anybody. So uh, Same same league he's going to. He's going to Monaco, which is in the French league. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at Reims last year, so... Uh, that's where he was thriving. I maybe would have liked to see him go to uh, maybe, I think, a step up from France. But playing at a big French team like Monaco, I think, is is a big step up. So hopefully he's able to still score. And like you said, Pulisic is thriving at Milan right now. He's got like two goals and uh, he's been playing actual minutes and having fun. He's teaming up with Giroud again, like as a Chelsea fan there who would want to come up with that I know what a handsome young man (laughs) um 
you know, seeing seeing Giroux and him like together and knowing that they're friendly with each other. And then even like uh who was the other former Chelsea player there I just saw. But uh yeah, I mean they've been they've been playing well there. They're having fun. Hopefully he has an injury free season and can just perform very well. Uh, AC Milan's a big club. I don't want to hear people say like you know, maybe the, maybe the league isn't as good as it used to be, but that's a big club. He's going to be playing Champions League. He's going to be playing, you know, in these big competitions. He might win some trophies. So good for him. If you want to give us any sort of follows or feedback, you can rate and review us on Spotify and on Apple Podcast. You can leave some comments in the YouTube uh, comments below. We like to respond to those. And uh, you can reach us at Stateside Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those places you can reach us there. Email us, statesideshow at gmail.com. And we'll catch you next week.